say it's good to be in Sunday school this morning. Thankful for the little kids for their singing. Thankful for Barry. Um, we was thinking how, you know, it, it's cold outside, but the sun is shining. And I'm thankful that I got the sun shining in my heart. And I'm thankful to be at church. Thankful for the opportunity. I'm just thankful that we can come to a place where we can put everything else behind us. And we can just relax and, you know, get away from the world. I'm just thankful to be here. I'm thankful to be saved. Uh, remember our Sunday school teachers and we asked Neil to dismiss us to Sunday school. We're thankful to be in God's house this morning. And, uh, I, I think of that scripture a lot. David said, I was, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. And uh, <clears throat> it's good. We've got a lot of sick people that can't be here. Probably they wish they could. I imagine they do. And uh, so we, when, when we're able, we need to, we need to be here. And, and, uh, and actually, most of the time, since I've been saved, I, I've wanted to go to church when it was church time. I, the devil gets on you sometimes, but... But most of the time, it's been my desire to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, and I ain't bragging on me. God put that in me because I've told you hundreds of times probably before I got saved, I didn't like church. I didn't like coming to church. It, it kind of bored me because I, I, I wasn't feeling what the church was feeling, so it, it was kind of boring to me. The day I got saved, that all changed. I couldn't, I couldn't wait. I got saved on Sunday morning. I couldn't hardly wait till Sunday night to get back to church. And, uh, and I love it when I, when, when I get in my heart in that kind of condition where I can't hardly wait. But anyway, that's way off our lesson. But <clears throat> it's good to be saved. And it's good to be in church. And, uh, Actually, I think, I think I'll read another scripture before I start. 
if I can find it real quick. In the 34th chapter of the book of Psalms, I read this the other day and it kind of stuck with me. I'd read the 34th chapter of Psalms a lot of times and I'd kind of skipped over this verse, but the third verse said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And that's why we're here this morning. Magnify the name of the Lord and exalt his name. Glorify the name of Jesus. And uh, uh, that's what church is all about. It ain't about altogether a social event. It is to some extent. But the reason we're here is to worship God and to glorify his name. And the church is all about glorifying God. And I know, uh, and, I, and I think we ought to do this. If a preacher preaches good, I go tell him. And I think we ought to. That's, uh, it takes an effort for somebody to do the will of God. I don't care who they are. If, if God just wants you to testify, sometimes that's a, that's a major effort. And uh, anything you do for God, you've got to get this guy out of the way if you do it right. So, anyway, our lesson this morning is in the 23rd chapter of the book of Exodus. And this is about a couple of, a couple of God's laws. Now, I've heard people with different opinions. I've heard people say that God's law wasn't any good anymore. Jesus fulfilled it, so it, it, it didn't mean nothing to us. It means the same to us that it did to the children of Israel when God gave it to them. I've got the same responsibility to do the best I can to keep those laws as the children of Israel did when they was coming through the wilderness carrying the tables of stone. Now, have we kept those completely? Nobody has. But Jesus, he fulfilled, he fulfilled those laws, and when I got saved, he fulfilled that law in me. Because he, he cleaned me up, and he moved in, and he, he's in me, the fulfillment of the law, if you understand what I'm saying. So he fulfilled the law for me. But that don't mean I ain't supposed to try to keep those laws. I have a responsibility. God told me to lay aside every weight and a sin that does so easily beset us. And that's, those are some of them. Uh, there's, a, there's a scripture in the in, uh, 22nd chapter of Matthew. I want to read for a start. It said, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And uh, in order... Uh, now, before I got saved, I, I could have said I loved, I loved my mom and dad. Uh, and I might have said that about my brothers and sisters at, at sometimes, you know. Uh, but uh, the day I got saved, God, God come in here. And the Bible said God is love. And in the book of 1 John, he said, perfect love casteth out fear. So the day I got saved, God's love moved in here. And I was able, through him, through his love, I was able to keep all of his commandments. Now, that I'm not perfect. But down in my soul is as perfect as God is. 
Because when he moved in, he sealed it. He, he cleaned it up and he sealed it till the day of redemption. Sin, Satan can't find my soul. He don't even know where it's at. It's, it's hid away with Christ in God. And the Bible said, when Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. So uh, we're, we're sealed up and, and I'm as good to heaven as if I was already there. One of these days I'll be there. Absolute fact. And I'm not bragging. I'm bragging in Jesus. He done it. He went to Calvary and died that I could have life. And he, when I was a 15-year-old boy, he sent the gospel to me and called me and I got saved. And that's why I'm going to heaven. It not. I ain't done enough. I couldn't do enough works if I lived a hundred lifetimes to, to pay for what God done down in here. It's, I say every weekend, every, every Sunday that I get up to teach, it's the best thing ever happened to me. And God's blessed me real good this, through this whole life. I've, I've mostly been healthy, good wife and good family and all kinds of good blessings God's blessed me with. But all of those things are going are gonna to be gone sometime. If I, if I hang around long enough, it, it'll all be gone. I don't think I'll be around that long, but if, if I did, it'll, it'll all be gone. But what God done down in here will never go. That's eternal forever, however you want to say it. And, uh, but anyway, it, the love of God took the God's love for me to be able to keep that commandment to love the Lord my God. And, and I'll, I'll say this, I'll throw this in for what it's worth. And it's worth a whole lot. If, if you love God, if you really love God, you'll love the church. Because you can't separate the church from God. The church is the bride, the lamb's wife. When me and my wife got married, the Bible said we became one flesh. So God and the church are one. So you can't separate them. If you, don't, if you can't love the church, you better check to see if you love God like you ought to. And uh, the first verse of, the, of Exodus 23 said, Thou shalt not raise a false report, put not thine hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. Now, uh, there's one commandment says, thou, uh, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. If you, if you go back, and I've got it wrote down here somewhere, in, in the sixth chapter of the book of Proverbs, listen careful. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, there's a false witness, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imagination, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness, that's going right along with the lesson today, that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. And uh, so out of the seven things that said God hates, two of them was lying. And uh, I never did. It, it, it bothers me bad if I catch somebody lying to me. It always has. And... Uh, and it bothers God even worse, I suppose. I, he wrote the law. It's his law. And uh, so it bothers God if we, if we go around telling falsehoods or witnessing against somebody, get up in court with saying false witness against your brother, you... You get up in court, that's a, that's a penalty against the court. 
if you if you lie in court. But it's a penalty. God's got the penalty. And the court the court might be lenient on you to let you go, and God might be lenient on you and let you and forgive you if you ask Him. But we got to be. The Bible said, "Be sure your sins will find you out." Whether somebody could lie to me and I might not never find it out. But you ain't going to tell a lie and God not know it. He knows He knows my downsetting and my uprising. He knows what I'm doing or what even what I'm thinking. He knows the intents and thoughts of the heart. A lot of times we try to limit God, and, and a, a lot of a lot of people do this. Try to limit God to our mentality, and a lot of people don't, by their actions, by the way they treat God, don't think He is a God. If you if you look at it, and. Uh, but God knows everything that we everything that we do or say or even think about doing. Did you ever, since you've been saved, did you ever devil come around you know how he is, jump in here and start tempting you, try to get you to do something that ain't right? And just as soon as just as soon as this thought gets up here, there's God gets down here and gives you another thought saying, your mind, that ain't right. And then, then we got a battle most of the time. This, this against this. The Bible told us to crucify the old man and his deeds, so I got to crucify this up here and go with this if I want to live right. But I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the number of times that I've had God talk to me, tell me I, I, that was a wrong way for me to go, or tell me I was already wrong. God will let us know. So we're not, we're not to lie on on anybody or or even to even tell I even tell what we we might call a little white lie. There is no such thing. A lie is a lie. I don't uh, I don't care what you call it. And another thing, uh, you bear it says bear false witness. If just, just give a. I'll just give a for instance, and I ain't going to talk about nobody. But just, just say, me and Bill was together somewhere, and we used to play golf all the time. I ain't played in a while, but just say we was together, and Bill say, "Hey, did you know what so and so done?" And tell me something on somebody, and. Maybe they done it, and maybe they didn't. I, I mean, I don't. I believe Bill would tell the truth. If he if he knowed it, he'd tell me the truth. But maybe somebody told him they didn't tell him the truth. If I, and it don't matter. It doesn't matter at all whether it's the truth or not. If if he'd tell me something on one of my brothers. If I if I tell it, of course he's done wrong by telling it anyway. But if if I tell it, I've done wrong. If I if I know something on you, uh, the Bible said if you, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has an order against you, go be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. If and if, if I know something on one of my brothers, the Bible the Bible tells us to, to go to him, talk to him, 
See if you, and, and I'm talking about in love now. I, I, you don't go jump on people and say, if you don't get in, we're going to kick you out. That ain't the way you do it. You got to talk to people in love and try to get them to try to win them. So that if they won't hear you, then take two or three more with you. And if they won't hear them, then bring it before the church. And that's, that's in God's word now. And that's why we do that. Right. The thing of it is, Jesus will forgive us if we'll repent. And how many times, everybody here I know, we, we couldn't number the times that we've had to repent since we've been saved. I couldn't, I couldn't count the, probably the first week I was saved, it, it was beyond my counting. Uh, but God's been good to me. Anybody got a comment? teachers done the same thing. <laughs> Had us whisper to each other and it wasn't even the same thing when it got around. <laughs> thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil, neither shalt thou speak in a cause to decline after many to rest judgment. And uh, when I got saved, I had to quit running around with the guys I was running around with before. Uh, I still, I would, I would have still liked to run, run around with them some. Maybe not in some of the things we was into, but uh, the Bible told us. Now, we need to be a light to the world. We, we still ought to be as friendly as we can be with, with people. But he told me to come ye out from among the world and be ye separate. And uh, so you've got to lay the world aside and, uh, and do your very best if you follow Jesus. And I think everybody here probably understands this real good. If you follow Jesus, you will never go wrong. It's when we don't follow him that we, we get wrong. So don't follow a multitude just because a bunch of people saying it's okay and, and uh, uh, come go this way with us. Don't make it right. And even, even a bunch of church members could be, lead you the wrong direction sometime. I've been wrong a lot of times in my life. And everybody else has too, if they admit it. And uh, so we need to follow God. And if the church, if the church goes wrong, don't follow them. And that could happen. I, I thank God for the church we have. God's blessed us real good. And I've been here. I think my mom, my mom brought me to church here when they're still having church in people's houses before they ever build a building. I was probably eight or nine years old. And... Uh, God's blessed me to be in this church ever since. And I got saved when I was 15. And the uh, best thing ever happened to me. And the next best thing to ever happen to me was God putting me in this church. 
It's been a real blessing. We've had, we've had and still have, from the time I was just a boy till now, some of the best people that ever lived. That's my opinion, and it's a good one. And uh, been a major help to me all of my life. So don't follow a multitude to do evil. And don't speak to a cause. We need to watch what comes out of our mouth. There's a scripture that talks about the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. So everything that comes out of my mouth ought to be acceptable in the sight of God. And uh, even just a thought, talking about uh, speaking to a cause to decline. Having a discussion about the on the scriptures is great. And I think I think we ought to talk about them. The Bible tells us to do that. But and and we ought to stand for what's what's the truth. But don't don't argue. Don't Somebody, somebody comes up and says something to you that's way off base on the scriptures. Don't jump right in their face and get mad and argue. And that's not what the Bible's for. You can tell them what you believe, and I think you ought to. But don't make an argument or a big fight out of it. Because most of the time when you do something like that, you're out off somewhere maybe at work or somewhere like that, and there's people watching you. You slip up just a little bit, and people notice it. The devil, and I've, I say this all the time, the devil's not going to get you to do something that ain't right without having a witness somewhere to see it or to know about it. And uh, get us get us out of fellowship with God if He can. Neither shalt thou countenance a poor man in his cause. Now we don't we don't stand uh, just because just because most of us are was raised poor. Don't mean that we ought to back up everything that every poor man says. I've known a lot of poor guys that wouldn't tell you the truth for nothing hardly. And uh, uh, a lot of people are down on rich people just because they're rich. And uh, don't matter what status you, uh, you have in life, in this life. It's what's down in here that counts. And you don't we don't hold up for one guy over another one just because they're they're in that situation. Stand for the truth. And if you stand for the truth, God will back you up. Anybody got a comment? If thou meet thine enemy's ox or his ass going astray, thou shalt surely bring it back to him again. Now, the reason in, in uh, Matthew 5 said, You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Now, we're at the church... And that's every one of us individually that are members of this church are, a light, are supposed to be a light to the world. And it, we are 
a city set on a hill. You go over in the 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews, and it said, Ye are come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. Now, I may not have quoted that exactly right, but the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. And uh, so we're, we, we are come to Mount Zion. We're a part of the church, the city of the living God. And uh, so we, we represent God's church. And I done told you, that's the bride, the lamb's wife. We represent God's kingdom. And that's the whole thing. That's in heaven and down here too. His kingdom's in here. We represent His kingdom. And we represent God. We're, we're His ambassadors, the Bible said. And as ambassadors, we don't speak. We don't speak for ourselves. What comes out of our mouth ought to be what He tells us. The ambassadors for the United States go to other countries, uh, they go tell them what the president told them to, told them to say. Leastways, that's what they're supposed to do. <clears throat> and uh, and that's what we're supposed to do. We're here. We're here on a mission for Jesus. And uh, sometimes this fellow here gets in the way, but. That's what we're here for. So if we if we we got to treat our enemies just like we want them to treat us, and if 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 you had a bunch of cattle and they all got out, I don't care what you thought about the neighbor next door. If, if he was the worst person in the world, if he come and helped you get them back in, you'd appreciate it. And then maybe you could invite them to come to church with you or something. And you might not, you might end up not being enemies at all. So, uh, Jesus, when Jesus come and died, he actually died for his enemies. Because we were all, the Bible said, enemies to the cross of Christ. And the commonwealth of Israel, I don't know exactly how that says that, but uh, like I told you before, before I got saved, I didn't like coming to church. Mom and Dad bring us to church, and uh, I remember they they sat over about the row where Jay's at somewhere you know, it's in the old block building on Albert Street. But they they sat there, and uh, there was four of us kids, and we sat between them. And uh, if we made a if we made a noise at all, we was in trouble. You didn't disturb church at all, and uh, so I, of course, I didn't like it. But I loved it after I got saved. Still do. I told my wife. I told my wife this morning coming to church. I said, I'm sure glad that you love going to church as much as I do. It's, it's, it's a big help to have somebody go with you. And, uh, and we, I've had that help. Won't be too long, be 59 years. And uh, God's blessed us. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, I felt sorry for him. <clears throat> well, that I think the church kind of prayed for him a little harder too on that account. But anybody else got anything? If thou seest if thou see the ass of him that hateth thee lying under his burden and and wouldest 
forbear to help him, thou shalt surely help with him. If, if we do like the, them priests and Levite did when the guy was in the ditch, half dead, we look at him and say, poor fellow, go on by on the other side. We've sinned. I don't care where, what our station is in life and who we are in the church. If, and I'm, I'm the least in the kingdom. They used to sing a song here, I'm the least in the kingdom, and that's me. I'm the least in God's kingdom. But if, but if, I, if I pass up an opportunity to help somebody, I've sinned. The Bible said, he that knoweth to do good and do it not, to him it's sin. And uh, that's not always saying go to church or, or uh, and, that, and, and those are good things and it covers those. But that's not all it covers. It covers helping our neighbor if he needs help. And being as good to people as you can be. If if me and my, if me and my neighbor uh, didn't get along at all, and we every time we met, we was arguing or fussing about something, it would it'd be a hard thing for me to help him. But I'll tell you what, I was talking, I was talking to him, the guy that lives next door to me. That's been. Back last year, I guess, when when we went, maybe right after right after we started having church, or after the it was closed down for a while, and uh, I was talking to him. And I I don't know if I'd ever, I, I I told him where I come to church at. I know that, but uh, I don't know if I'd ever told him we had the live stream. But anyway, he told me one day. He said he, him and his wife had been watching our ch- our services on a live stream. Now they go to they go to church, but they couldn't go to church then because their church wasn't having church. But he said we've been watching your church, and said that we really like it. So you you, you got a real choir, and uh, so people people notice things, and if if. If the choir gets up here and sings like most of the time they do, and God moves in it, people are going to love that. You can't help it. So if you if you're good to people, treat them treat them as good as you can. Then when the time comes that God wants you to talk to them, you can. If that time comes, so I've known people that I've worked with for years and years, and and I'd like to talk to them. The Lord didn't give it to me. I might invite them to come to church once in a while or something like that, but as far as really talking to them, He didn't give it to me. But but if he's got trouble, help him out. The Bible said even if. If you if you treat them right, you might heap coals of fire on their head, make them feel bad about treating you bad. So, thou shalt not rest the judgment of thy poor in his cause. So we, and and we've covered that. You don't you don't sway judgment one way or the other wrongly. And uh, let, let, like the, I tried to quote that scripture a while ago, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. Keep thee far from a false matter, and the innocent and righteous slay thou not, for I will not justify the wicked. And uh, so he 
He told us, I, I quoted a while ago, come out from among the world and be separate. And he, he said, lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and run with patience the races set before us. Them weights, some of them, some of them might, to start out with, might not be sin. I, I mentioned a while ago, we used to play golf. I did. Some of them guys still playing, and, and nothing wrong with playing golf. I love to play. But if we, if we get our hearts tied up in it too much, we can make wrong out of something like that. We get, we get something we'd rather do than come to church. If, if I go play golf on Sunday morning instead of coming to church, I've made wrong out of it. It's my, if I'm able, whether I feel like it, I mean, I don't, I don't mean sick now. I mean, if, if I get up on Sunday morning and the devil starts, oh, you're tired, you, you didn't sleep good last night, which I can't, I can't use that excuse because I sleep good all the time. But uh, try to talk you into staying home. For no reason at all. And if we give in to him, we've sinned. The Bible said, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, which the manner of some is. And uh, so we, I've got, I've got a responsibility to God first and to this church. I'm, I'm supposed to be the Sunday school teacher. I'm, I don't think I'm very good at it, but I'm supposed to be. So I've got a responsibility on Sunday morning to be here for Sunday school if I can. And I'm a deacon of this church. I've got a, I, I've got a responsibility. And I'll tell you what. I was, I was thinking a while back, and me and Bill was ordained at the same time. And he could probably tell you the same thing. The day I got ordained, uh, it put a weight on my shoulders. I had a lot greater burden for the church than I'd ever had. And it ought to be that way. Yeah. And a man's heart, if, he, if, if, we're, if we're living right, and we're trying to follow God, then that's where our heart's at. And uh, I'm going to run out of time. But God, God puts us in our place. I believe that. And I've got a responsibility for my job, whatever God. And, and I used to think, boy, when I first got saved, Lord, what's I don't that preacher says that we all got a job. Now I don't know what my job is. And I've heard preachers say the same thing. But my job is to do whatever God gives me to do. If he if he gives me a testimony, which he does once in a while, then I need to testify. If he gives me a song to sing, and I can't sing, I used to could a little, but I can't anymore. Uh, got a resident frog, but uh, but if he give me a song to sing, it'd be my job to do that. And if he he told me to get up and preach, it'd be my job to do that. Now, he ain't called. I never was called to preach. Never have been, except by some people. I've had I had two or three different people try to call me to preach when I was young, and I wish they'd kept their mouth shut, but. God never did call me to preach. But now we had a deacon in this church when I was a boy. A real good, real good man, Dan Mason. And he'd get up and get wound up sometimes and preach uh, just like the preachers do. And uh, I'll say this. Anybody that's been saved 
man, woman, boy, or girl. If you've been saved, you can deliver a message for God. That ain't saying you're a preacher, but you can deliver a message for God. Murphy testified for years before he ever announced his calling to preach. And talking about our ordination, Murphy Buell is the only guy left off of that presbytery that's still alive. And, and, and we probably helped ordain him as a preacher. He was a deacon at that time. Keep thee far from a false matter, and the innocent and righteous slay thou not. So don't, uh, I got to quit. Don't, don't hold up for something that ain't right. And, and the next part of that down there was to remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. And uh, we've got a responsibility for every one of them. And we ought to try our best to keep them. By the help of the Lord. He's kept them in our soul. He wants us to try to keep them in this guy right here. And that's a battle. But he's given us the armor. He's given us everything we need to defeat Satan if we'll use it.